Hi and welcome to the Mind Affinity Podcast. Today is part two of my chat with Ali Mead. We got to know her a bit in the last episode and this episode we talk a lot more about her journey with uh, her change in mindset and lifestyle to become healthier and fitter. The mind is capable of amazing things and yet so many people use that immense power to hold themselves back. Imagine what you could achieve harnessing that power and using it to push yourself forward. This is the Mind Affinity Podcast, the place for advice and inspiration to help you empower yourself. For the last for the last two years now, I have been following a keto lifestyle. So you knew this had to come in with the podcast today. I, I knew it get mentioned. I can't go an hour without mentioning that. So um, and, and that basically just means that I don't eat sugar and I choose low carb alternatives and I don't eat white carbs. So I don't eat bread, pasta, um, that kind of thing. Rice, wheat products. And um, when I first started this three years ago, originally, with a guy that I met through networking that I would have never have done it if I hadn't met Mark Brereton at Keto Fitness Club. I'd have never have done it without meeting him. Potatoes were a staple in my life and I couldn't imagine eating meals every day without a potato being involved. Now, at this time, I haven't eaten a potato for two years. You know, it's really weird. But it was it was just. Um, it was learning um, alternatives finding different foods to love and getting excited about different things and also learning as well that so if I'm out and about and you're with somebody else and you're having a meal in a restaurant and they're going oh come on let's have a treat and let's have a pudding you know seeing a treat as being something that's sugar laden or whatever and it's like I've learned now that in my vocabulary that's not a treat actually that's me harming my body um because I'm I'm not doing keto in order to lose weight. It's, it's, a, it's a pleasant side effect that I'm now lighter than I've been since I had children. You know, my son's 25 now. I'm the lightest I've been for ages. And I've, I've just fitted into size 12 jeans. That's a non-scales victory. Hurrah! But I'm, I'm doing it to avoid the foods that are known to cause inflammation. So sugar and certain additives. So it's just cooking things from scratch and do it in that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, I'd, why would eating something that my body could react badly to be a treat? Absolutely. And it's, it is about that shift in mindset and it suddenly makes it so much easier because you no longer feel like you're denying yourself something that you want. You're actually just sticking to what you really want. Yes. So actually matters as we started this podcast today i've sat down to a cup of tea and a chocolate mousse and some strawberries that i'd made and that scratches that itch just as well as anything that would have had lots of sugar in would have done in the past and it's just a case of so this is where i fall down planning more <laughs> we've already established i'm not very good at that but just being more organized and that if you are going to go somewhere where you might feel like you'd be tempted or anything like that, then you stick something in your handbag or your pocket that you can, that does fit in with the lifestyle so that you don't get tempted at weak moments to go down the wrong route again. So the thing is there's, there's, there's a number of different approaches to 
diet, nutrition, and, and health in that form. It sounds like keto works brilliantly for you mm. and it suits what you're trying to do and it, or what you are doing and what you're achieving. And it's, it's had some great results. The mindset, mindset shift that comes with it is what allows you to carry on with it and create a lifestyle rather than just a yo-yo diet. Mm. Um, and it's not gonna be right for everyone, but I think a lot of the lessons that you're sharing absolutely will help could you know, have the potential to help anyone so around shifting the mindset about planning ahead um you know, planning ahead when it comes to diet it's a it's a huge thing because when we're when we are have the least energy is when we're going to have the the biggest cravings and if we're relying on this idea of willpower to get through well our willpower is weakest when the urge to eat the stuff we've decided that we shouldn't be eating is the highest. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I actually staying at home a lot and being in control and not eating out has been really good for me this last year. And actually the idea of going out and mixing more is a little bit scary. Um, because suddenly you're not, you're going to eat at someone else's house. You're, you're not in control and that didn't have to be a worry. So it, it is just making sure that I have stuff prepared and in the freezer that I can take out at a moment's notice. Um, and the other thing is, is I don't buy any of that rubbish that I used to love to eat. I don't buy any of it anymore. If the rest of the family that aren't keto want to eat it, they buy it themselves and they stick it in a cupboard where I can't see it. I know it's there, but you don't have to rub my nose in it, you know? So, it, and, and it's like, if it's not there, I can't eat it. And, and, and just stick to it like that. I have actually had my most challenging three months though, because I hadn't changed anything. And yet suddenly since Christmas, my weight loss had stalled and it had actually started going up a bit. And that's usually where you have the oh sod it moment. You're thinking, oh, well, it's obviously not working anymore. I'm going to have that Krispy Kreme donut or that other thing that I've been hankering after a little bit. And uh, it it's actually trusting that I've had, I've had four months where I've either gone up a little bit or stayed the same and I haven't reduced and and that has been a pressure because this is the point usually in my yo-yo dieting history where I'd have gone sod it and started going straight back up again and I was starting to think that was happening even though I wasn't diverting off the food I was eating I may have been eating a few too many Werther's sugar-free and um making my own chocolates a little bit too much that might have been part of it but um you know and, and actually now in this last week or so it's actually turned around and again I've not really done much different but the weight loss has restarted again so I don't know mentally how I could cope if that that lack of weight loss had carried on you know because that's part of the of the willpower really. you you do have to try and look at whatever you're doing with your food the ideal is not to be obsessed by the weight yes. and actually think about how I feel, how much energy I've got, how my clothes fit, non-scales victory, like going down a dress size. You know, it, it really should be more to do with all of those things, but we're all human and we've been brought up, haven't we, with <laughs> diet being the scales and what the scales say and that's about it. Yeah, and not just with dieting, but in general, I think it's very easy for us to fall in line with 
what society suggests and particularly what the marketing of certain organizations behind a lot of the fad diets uh, will promote. But actually the reality is finding what works for you and finding your own way is much more powerful. Mm. Um, and there's a reason why companies like that promote focusing on the weight and the scales because it keeps people with them. Yes. And well, and it's, it's learning as well that, you know, the, the person that told you that breakfast was the most important meal of the day were the people that manufactured the breakfast cereals. And it was all part yes. of a marketing campaign. And that's now been, you know, insidiously infiltrated in our brains. That everyone goes, oh, oh, you don't eat breakfast. Oh, oh, that's got to be bad for you. But with the lifestyle I follow now, I don't want to eat anything until it gets to lunchtime. So I just break my fast at a different time of day. Yeah. Eating in the morning is not important. I don't need it. My body doesn't need it. I can go for a walk, sometimes a really long walk in the morning. And I have this great fat cell, you know, this energy cell around my body called fat mm -hmm. that if I haven't eaten anything and, I, and my body burns fat, you don't. You don't need food. You don't need carbs. You don't need all of that because I'm going to burn the cell that's on my body. And that has the side effect then of you losing weight and feeling fitter, you know, but it's it's all about these things that are ah, but, you know, the, the eat well plate or the other stuff like that that you've got. Yeah. Yeah, we, we're very good at uh we're very susceptible to, and there's a lot of research that goes into great marketing campaigns. Uh, and we don't always take the time to look and question and see what's behind those marketing campaigns. And they just become fact, but they're not actually fact. Um, it's, it's very common in a lot of places. Yes. Um, but yeah, in, encouraging people to to look into it for themselves and and ultimately if if that marketing campaign stuff does work for you it works for you that's fine it's when it doesn't work that you need to be ready to question it mm. and i think that goes for all beliefs that we you know because we are brought up taking on board other people's beliefs because we learn by absorbing from others so it's being ready at any age and at any point to question them and look inward and find out what really matters to you. Something you said earlier that I just wanted to touch on, uh, the difference between preparation and planning. See, because you said, you know, having food prepped, ready and in the freezer. Yes. So you can grab it and go. That's not the same as planning. So if you're resistant to having too many plans or, or clear plans of X, Y and Z, actually you can still be prepared so that you don't need that plan? Yeah, that, that's, so that's, that's what I do do. So I know a lot of people in the group that I'm in will sit down at the beginning of the week and they'll decide what meals they're going to have for the rest of the week and then they'll go shopping and do all that. It's like, that just doesn't work for me. That, I lose the will to live. Just like when I was doing diets in the past, tracking everything that you ate, I did that for a long time. And sometimes it, you would, I wouldn't eat something because I couldn't work out how many calories it was and it was too much of a hassle to track it. Mm. So, it, 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 you know, and, it, it, and so I suppose it helped in a way that it controlled and it stopped you grabbing. Oh, I can't grab that handful of chocolate because I couldn't weigh that and know what that was. So I can't track it. So I won't eat it. But it also felt more limiting and restrictive. Yes, it did. It did for sure. Uh, there, there was a while when uh, when you were helping me and I was photographing everything I ate and sending it to you. Yes. 
<laughs> and then it'd be like, oh, I don't want to admit to having eaten that. And there's nothing stopping, there was absolutely nothing stopping me from eating it anyway. And then just not photographing it and sending it to you. But it's again, it's being accountable as well. So yeah, I'd say I, I'd say I am, I am prepared, definitely. But I don't plan for sure. That's, that's, and that, that's kind of how I am in business as well, I think. That I'm pre I, prepared for stuff, but I'm, I'm not that good at planning. I think it's a great way to be. Um, so I, I went to the, uh, I went to the Peak District recently and I had an outline of a plan. I had an idea. I wouldn't call it a plan. I had an idea. I wanted to go and see that cave. I wanted to go and walk there and I wanted to take the boys there and do this. I could have sat and planned that all out. That sounded like a lot of hard work and effort. That's not as fun as just going and doing it. But what I did do was make sure I was prepared and that I had all of the waterproofs and the this and the that so that if we ended up going over there or doing this or whatever we ended up doing, we had all we needed, the head torches and everything else. Preparing is much better than planning because then you can go off route. You can go, hey, let's go over here, let's do this. Uh, and you've got what you need to be able to do. Don't you find the best social evenings and things are the ones that happen by accident at the end of a night? Yes. We have the most fun than than kind of almost building the pressure up of oh we're all going to the pub we're all going to meet on this night and planning it four weeks in advance and this is what we're going to do blah blah blah. The best nights are always seem to be the ones the that happen. Unexpected ones. Yeah, the ones that happen by accident. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I mean we've spoken about a lot, um, but we're getting to the end of the time that we have for today now. So. Looking back over everything we've discussed, uh, we've shared lots of lessons and learnings and experiences. If you had the whole world listening to you right now, and you had one message to share with the world, I can, I can see the look on your <laughs> I'm face. I'm switching like, off oh. now. I knew you were going to ask something like this. This is why I didn't want to do this. <laughs> what message do you want to share with the world? The message I want to share with the world is um, don't worry about, don't worry about stuff. Um, only try and control the things that are in your realm of influence and let everyone else get on with what they're doing. And you worry about this. One of the lessons I love for you is like, you can only control your own actions, your reactions, you know, so. You missed one. <laughs> yeah, which one did I miss? Actions, reactions. Inactions. Inactions. Okay. So yeah, don't you know if stuff is stressing you out and everything, concentrate on 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 you and what you can do, and stop sweating the other stuff. They'll worry about that. You worry about you. Absolutely. Yeah. Learn to focus on what you can control and accept what you can't. And when it comes to understanding the difference between them. That's, that's those three things. If it's your action, doing something, your inaction, not doing something, or your reaction, which more elaborately is actually more about your response, how you respond to things, that's the stuff that you can control. Nothing else. No. So focus on that. No. And I'm not always brilliant at it, but if I can some pull back, because you know, you'll always get the moment where you get taken away by something that you didn't mean to be or affected by something mm. that you didn't mean to be. But I've, I've also learned that um, 
that it might feel uncomfortable or not good right now but it, you won't even remember it'll be a distant memory tomorrow so that can often help me to cope with things that I'm starting to struggle with you know well, absolutely in fact you're an example of this for me um I, I don't know if I've actually told you this before but I've used it as a story and told other people um I don't know if you recall, but a while back, well, you, I'm sure you will recall, uh, a while back, I went ahead and arranged and organised something that clashed with something you had previously arranged and organised. Um, and I absolutely should have. Uh, and looking back, going forward, I would definitely do things differently, picked up the phone to you and explained to you that I'm planning it, it's going to fall there because that's the only place I can do it. Uh, and I know you would have understood that. But I didn't, I just didn't think about it. And I didn't contact you about it. And it wasn't until it had already been announced that you went, Oh, well, that clashes with my thing. That's nice. Um, Thank you. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> um, and I felt awful. And I specifically, I don't even remember where I was going from or to, but I remember being in the car. I can picture exactly the road I was on and everything, uh, driving along and having that kind of knot in my stomach where I just felt really uncomfortable because of my actions. It wasn't, yeah, it, it was absolutely that I was disappointed in myself that I hadn't stopped to think uh, and made that phone call. And I guess part of that, because I could, imagine and empathize with how that made you feel uh, and that it was my action that caused that response and I felt bad about this um, and I remember thinking to myself well I know I can let go of this and I know that this isn't going to matter in the long term and I, I kind of asked myself the question when is it appropriate? What's the appropriate amount of time to hold on to this discomfort? Because I didn't want to just go, oh, I feel fine now. Because on some level, actually, I deserved, I'm using air quotes, to feel uh, uncomfortable about it because I needed to learn the lesson from it because I didn't want to repeat that because that's not the kind of person I want to be. It's not in line with my values, which is why it hurt. Um, I'm not saying I necessarily know the answer, but... <laughs> What I did in that moment was I, I accepted feeling that way about it um, and viewed it with intrigue, I guess, which allowed me to, to move forward from it. But the lesson is still there with me now. I don't think back to that now and go, oh, I feel really uncomfortable about that thing that I did. But I do still remember that moment. And it it it's one of the many things that I've experienced in my life that helps me to go, Hang on, stop and think. Yeah, there's also things where uh, when something like that happens, you might, I could have had a reaction of go, oh, sod him then, you know, and, and you, you also start to think, um, actually, in the long run, does this really matter? And what benefit am I going to get from actually going, oh, well, sod them and, and carrying this on and being grotty with somebody for a long time? That's not actually going to benefit me either. So in the other Absolutely. way, it's 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 allowing it to, yeah, I had a right to be fed up for a bit, but then you let it go and you carry on. And and it's it's being like that as well. And sometimes not not reacting something immediately while you're in that hurt or angry phase 
yes. is, is allowing a, a, a night's sleep or a, something like that. And a, because that's when you'll get a better perspective on things. Yeah, it's a bit annoying. Actually, and I think a better outcome as well, because it gives you that space, as you say, to make a decision on how you're going to act, what you're going to do next. And normally, for me at least, that leads to having an open and honest conversation, which is much better and tends to create a comfortable resolution for both parties than flying off the handle and throwing your toys out the pram or posting on social media about <laughs> it or whatever it might be. I think I get most uncomfortable with things if if people then you, you you've you've done something or you've caused an offence or you've been receiving an offence and then people just just um, ghost you and won't speak to you. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I I sometimes you've just got to let that whether it's a confrontation or whether it's just a conversation, whichever it is. I just sometimes I'm just better. Let's just get that done. Let's just get that out of the way. Let's let's eat that frog or whatever they say. Get that uncomfortable yeah. out of the out of the way because then you know that it can it can carry on. And often what you may have perceived can well it, with me definitely it can so often be all in my head. You know mm. it, it might have been seen I, as I a big thing by me, a... but it but it wasn't by the other person. Yeah, and I don't think that's exclusive to you. I think we all do that. That's just to some extent on some level at some time, I think we've all been guilty of making a mountain out of molehill because we're judging the situation based on how we feel and assuming that the other person must have intended that outcome when the reality is, it's very rarely that, that, that case. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Ali, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great to finally have you on my podcast uh, and I look forward to catching up with you more soon excellent and, uh, and i should have taken a bet to say could i get through the whole, po whole podcast without mentioning keto but luckily i didn't well <laughs> well i i would have been surprised if you'd managed it you did manage to get through the whole of the podcast without mentioning relax club though <sighs> well that's the I'm other not... thing that obviously helps me sleep much better <laughs> but i don't want to mention it here because i want to be able to mention it where i leave my referral link uh, and then I, you know, got to be careful, got to make sure they use my referral link to come in and, and, uh, and join it. But yes. So I'll say no more about it now. But when when this podcast goes live, you can share it and you can put your referral link in the comments. Perfect. And then that way people can join Relax Club, see what it's all about. And you can get your um, your commission on, on referring. People That's a plan because we do all like to sleep with you, Duncan. Absolutely. And I want as many people to sleep with me as possible. Uh, and on that note, we'll end the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.